You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio on this Friday morning. Continue to break down the NFL draft. Uh, other storylines, of course, taking place, including uh, the state championships in softball. And we look forward to the second round of the baseball playoffs. We'll get into that here in a second. We certainly want to get to these texts. It's been a uh, an active day on the text line. Stuart Shelby, text line 888-993-7762. Yes, Richie says, hate that Geis wasn't drafted, but I'm not mad that he didn't get drafted by the Seahawks or Patriots. Uh-huh. True to that. Uh, he also said Cleveland and Indianapolis have four of the first five picks in round two. Geis is getting picked early. Uh, Danny says Geis supposedly said someone said someone in one of the interviews asked if he liked men. Mm. NFL said it didn't happen. I think that's why he fell. Mm. You know, we, and we discussed the story yesterday. I don't. Would they blackball him over something like that? Would they? I don't know. I don't think so. I I don't know. I, I'm very intrigued very mm. confused how mm. about that mm-hmm. i'm very confused as to how he fell out of the first round mm. he's a first round talent there's no questions asked about that so is arden key <laughs> Once upon a, a year time, and a half ago he was a top five talent a year and a half ago yeah continue to weigh in at 888-993-7762 plus we got those tickets to give away for the pales and warriors game four down in new orleans uh, biggest storyline in the NBA, uh, NFL draft, of course, uh, May- Baker Mayfield going number one. And, of course, we think that was a little bit of a, a surprise. And then what the Saints do, packaging two number one picks and a fifth rounder from this year's draft to move up to get from UTSA Marcus Davenport, an athletic freakish defensive end. So I've talked about it. I've told you what I think, and I kind of cheated saying I want to reserve my judgment, yeah, which that isn't is good. Cheating. That's not good for you. Got to be caught in the moment, Jake. <laughs> you have to come out with well, a solid, salty opinion. I, I, I've explained it as best I could. The fact that I, I don't love that they gave up next year's first round pick because I do feel like they have a really good, strong young core, and I would like to see them. And they still that. have that good, strong young core. Yes, but I also understand that Drew Brees only has so many years left, mm-hmm. and. There is a need to win right now. So what you're trying to ask me, I, I like it. I yeah. like the fact that you think you got a piece. You, you trust your Jeff Ireland. You ch- trust Mickey Loomis. You obviously trust Sean Payton. You look at this kid and, and Marcus Davenport. Yeah, so what? So he played at UTSA. He was dominant for the Roadrunners. So he's a little bit. Uh, raw. Yeah, he's raw. He's a little rough around the Do edges. you trade up for somebody raw who's supposed to contribute? He's to still six foot six, and he had the fastest time of any uh, defensive end in the 40. Uh, you need somebody, of course, on the other side from Cam Jordan. He needs a running mate. This looks like a great fit. You were that close last year. NFL, you don't know what's going to happen. You go all no. in whenever you can. The Saints go all in. Why not? So no concern with giving up next no. year's first-round pick? No, not especially when you're hoping or you're thinking it's going to be at worst 27, 28, 29. Perhaps it could be 32. Hey, fingers crossed. Yeah. Oh, if it's 32, this will never be revisited. <laughs> this, nobody will ever care that they gave up the first-round pick, next year's first-round pick for him. Mm. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I still just – it's hard for me to just say, yeah, that's okay, to, to just give that up. For, for this guy that, you know, I, it wasn't high on my radar. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've said it. 
multiple times today, the fact that Bradley Chubb was the, you know, pass rusher in this draft, and then it was kind of like a grouped, a, a group of people after mm. him. You know, it just seemed like some separation there. Mm. Uh, we'll see how this plays out. And, of course, uh, we got a clip from uh, Sean Payton coming up in the yes. next segment. Yes, we do. Uh, in terms of uh, state softball championships uh, taking place down in uh, Sulphur, today will be a big day. A number of area schools in action start at the top in 5A. Washita squares up against Ash. This is a number one versus number eight. Coaches always tell us, boy, it's tough to beat a team three times in one year. I'm sure that's what Tim Whitman is saying to his Lady Lions as they get yep. ready to square off against Ash for the third time this year. That game is at 5 o'clock. West Monroe, the number 20 seed, they square off against Mandeville. That's also at the same time I made a trip over and uh, gave the, some pizzas to the Lady Rebels before they hopped on the bus yesterday. By the way, the streak continues. That is now three weeks in a row that I have not had a slice of pizza. That may be one of the mo greatest achievements in Stop. the last uh, month. Now, or that might be up there with uh, Cal Ripken. Who just... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I literally went, I only had to go three blocks yesterday, but the, the the smell of that pizza lingered in my vehicle for at least three hours. Yes, yes, you are the real hero. The willpower is just amazing. Oh, we're all it's incredible. We're all inspired. <laughs> West Washita, the number four seed. They're very familiar with sulfur. I understand. Yeah, they they know how to get there. This is their twelfth straight time to get there. Pretty impressive. West Washita has never won a state championship in softball. Could this be the year? Why not? They're the number four seed. They hit the field at noon. Caldwell, a number five seed. They square off against Westlake at 2.30. Sterlington, boy, they continue to have an incredible year in athletics. The girls are the number three seed in the 3, 3A bracket. They'll square off against Gina. Mangum is a number four seed. They will be up against Avoyles in class two in 1A. Oak Grove, the top seed. Lady Tigers squaring off against Oberlin. That game is at noon. Delta Charter, a three seed against South Cameron. Uh, LaSalle, number two seed. They're up against uh, Logansport. Shudrant, look out for the Lady Aggies. Last time they won a state championship was in 2010. They're squaring off against Forest at 2.30. Yesterday down in Sulphur, uh, mixed bag. Summerfield had uh, issues against the top seed Evans. They lose 12-2. Calvin loses a squeaker against Harrisonburg, 3-2. Cedar Creek, the top seed, no problems. Barely break a sweat versus Sacred Heart. They win 14 to nothing. And Claiborne Christian, they advance on. It only takes them three innings. They win 16 to zero over Family Christian. How many games do Claiborne Christian have to play to get into the quarterfinals down in Sulphur? Uh, one? One, yeah. No disrespect to their run to Sulphur, but it does continue now for the Lady Crusaders. They win 16 to nothing. Really good text here. Dwayne says. Remember, they didn't draft Breeze. He was obtained via free agency. Plus, historically, a lot of your great quarterbacks are drafted in rounds five through seven. Mm. Food for thought when you're thinking about the Saints giving up next year's first round pick. Baseball playoffs, second round tonight. We got a number of great matchups, correct? We do. Um, we have to start in 4A, though, because 5A, ha we, ha we don't have anybody. 4A, number five, West Washita hosts uh, a three game series with. Number twenty-one, South Terrebonne. If you're looking at the four-A bracket, you're seeing a lot of high seed or a lot of low seeds that have advanced. Um, South Terrebonne upset number twelve, Assumption. Therefore, they get to play West Washita. Number fourteen, Neville, unfortunately, has to travel to take on number three, DeRitter, a very good baseball team with some good arms. 
Neville had to do that last year, though, too, correct? Yes, yes. Was this the round that they played Benton? I think, or maybe it was the next. Either way, they had to travel, and they, they won a three-game series on the road. Uh, number 26, Franklin Parrish, who also had a big upset win in the first round. They traveled to play number 23, Rain. That will be at Rain. As Rain also pulled an upset on the bottom side of that bracket, if Franklin Parrish is able to move on, then you have, what, uh, Westgate that knocked off uh, Tioga in the first yeah, round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the bracket's shaping up nicely for the Patriots if they can continue to take care of business. Getting hot when it counts. Uh, in, in 3A, number one, Starlington will play against number 16, Pine Prairie. Uh, number 15, Caldwell Parish. Don't sleep on the Spartans. They hit the road to take on number two, Bruley. It'll be tough. Uh, number 15, Delha Charter will travel to take on number two, Manny. And uh, moving on down, number four, Shudrant. By the way, remember when Ben McDonald tried to pronounce Shudrant? Yeah. Good stuff. We need that as like a, a sound bite that we can just play from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we talk about Shudrant, we just need to play that. Uh, they will host uh, number 13, Anacoco, Monday. Did I just pronounce that correctly? Well okay. Uh, number seven, Cedar Creek will host number 10, Catholic. And number two, OCS will play Ascension Christian. Uh Cheap plug here. I've got a story out today on WashingtonSystem.com about OCS and their offensive numbers. Those numbers are staggering. Mm -hmm. I encourage you to go read those, that story. Uh, and number three, Claiborne Christian will host number six, Episcopal Tuesday. Did you mention Winfield? I did not. Mm. Jake left Winfield out. Apologies. Sorry, Winfield. 888-993-7762. There's the uh, wrap-up from the Diamonds. going to be a big day down in Sulphur and, of course, across the state as teams try to advance on. Yes. There's your softball baseball update. 888-993-7762. Coming up next, we'll continue to talk about the draft. Biggest takeaways from what took place over in Big D and what we anticipate later today in the second round of the draft. Coming up at 830, we look forward to catching up with former Neville Tiger, TCU and LSU standout. John Diars will join us live on the show at the bottom of the hour. Morning Drive is back after this. Oh. With the first pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Wow. Quarterback, Oklahoma. It is Baker Mayfield. High word. Baker Mayfield, the Heisman Trophy winner out of Oklahoma, is the first overall pick in this draft. Wow. Rich Eisen. I feel like I've hogged a lot of the opinion this morning. What did you That's think? Nothing of, new. What did you think of that pick? And do you like Baker? I like Baker, but not as the number one pick, and not with Cleveland. It oh, just feels like well, I don't know. There's something about Cleveland and how they're jinxed, and then some of their decisions. Then I go back last night. You know, I, this Dorsey, the, the general manager, I don't know much about him, but I was like, I, it's curious. I got to watch this press conference and see how this plays out. You told the story about how he literally did not tell Hugh, Hugh Jackson who they're picking until. What, the last uh, 48 hours, 72 hours, correct? I don't even know if it was that. I think it was like 24 hours, yeah. So uh, Hugh Jackson sitting up there with the podium for uh, with his Dorsey character, the general manager. And Dorsey, I hate it when guys do this. And I think we all have busy schedules, and we all know, you know there's certain times of the year where we're putting in long hours. Sure. So he starts the press conference, and he, he starts with this. I'm going to paraphrase, obviously. Uh, I want to say hi to my kids out there, so-and-so and so-and-so. They have not seen me for five to six weeks. Good job, bud. You're doing your job. 
Aaron hates the kids. No, I don't. I don't. It's just that why, you know, why do you have to point that out? We Obviously, we know you work long hours. It's it's a tedious job. Yes, I know. It's very stressful. I mean, you work with the Cleveland Browns. Yes, we know that. But that's how it started. And then, of course, the dialogue went into about, oh, Baker Mayfield, what he's done on the field. And then he's got huge hands. Right. If you're saying He's got big hands. If you're saying you don't know because he's going to Cleveland yeah. and they seem to be jinxed, I agree with that. Yeah. But who would you have rather them take? I think Sam Darnold's the easier pick. Oh. Yeah. He, he, he is an NFL type quarterback. The other thing with, with Baker, okay, Mill. The, the, the thing with Baker too, and everybody says, Oh man, that's Drew Brees. There's only one Drew Brees. I, I mean agree you with can that. make all the comparisons you want about being the same size, but Drew Brees I is think just it's more than the size different. though. If you watch the game, it's more than the size. It's the way he maneuvers right. in the pocket. His that's arm what reminds angle and me him, him, most. Finding, him finding passing lanes. Yes, that's what his reminds accuracy. me most of Drew Brees is his accuracy and the way he maneuvers in the pocket. I've said that the last couple of years. I just think you're destined to fail once you start making those comparisons. I agree. I'm just saying, like, I think the comparisons don't stop at the height. Mm-hmm. I think it's the playing style. I'm not saying he's as good as Drew Brees. I'm saying he plays like he has a similar playing style to Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, in terms of, you know, picking Darnold over him, I disagree. And then Allen, it, did you see the way Mel melted when Josh Allen was picked? Almost, I threw up in my mouth. <laughs> Mel, I get, I get. And I, I usually defend him because I think it's a tough job. And people will say, oh, your mock drafts are wrong. Well, everybody's mock drafts are yeah. It's like March Madness. Everybody's brackets are going to be wrong. Mm. But when he gets locked on to a, a, a quarterback because of their measurables and because of the way they look, and then he just dogs people like Russell Wilson, like when he dogged him years ago, and the way he just kind of sneers at Baker Mayfield, I'm like, mm. get out of here. Uh, Herb Street, all in. Oh, I loved it. Herb Street was just I talk was, about giddy. Team Herb Street, yeah. AJ, all, also in. They had it right last night. Mayfield, a good mix of Breeze and Favre. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Look, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a good quarterback. I am concerned that he went to Cleveland, though. <laughs> you know, like that's not a good start. <laughs> I still believe in him. Uh, just the difference. The first round ends with a Heisman Trophy winner going first and last. The difference in money, this according to Darren Ravel of ESPN, Mayfield will get somewhere in the neighborhood of $32.5 million guaranteed. Jackson, $9.5 million guaranteed. Hmm. Of course, the Saints and uh, what they did uh, moving up to get uh, Marcus Davenport, we've talked extensively about it. Over the course of the last uh, hour and 20 minutes, Saints are all in, of course, trying to go after a Super Bowl. They add now a a freakish of an athlete at defensive end. Now, of course, Cam Jordan has a running mate. Sean Payton meets with the media uh, following the pick, and uh, we'll share a little bit of his press conference here just on his thoughts and how this all came about and what made Davenport the right fit for the Saints. Guy we had targeted, spent some time with, quite a bit of time with, and just, you know, really didn't, you know, didn't know exactly uh, at what point in the draft we felt he was going to be taken, uh, specifically the first round. Um, like every year, we would discuss, you know, who are the players that we would move forward for, um, and. You know, he clearly for us was a guy that uh, that we felt strongly enough about. Um, it fits a must position as well. 
you know, we see him over at the right defensive end position. Um, compensation was fair. Any questions? Well, those players that, that were taken, like right in that same ballpark, you know, you saw some real good linebackers go. Right before? Well, one was taken before, and I think, I'm sure, quite sure Edmonds was taken a pick or two after, right? Um, those are all real good football players. And uh, you know, every year, it, it seems like the quarterbacks kind of lead the way in regards to pushing other players back. Um, and I think that was the case a little bit this year as well. He stood up a lot. Is, is that going to be much of a transition going down? No. And, and if, listen, if, he, if he's comfortable standing, then you know, he can play the same technique standing. I, I don't think that'll be um, a big transition. He is someone who's real explosive and uh, got great makeup. And we're excited about, you know, about the vision for him. It's pretty clear. How big was the senior bowling for him? I think it was important. You know, he, he played some five technique at that game, which is a little bit more of a, a different position for him. Uh, but we see him as a, an edge player, a pressure player. Um, it did, it did give you a chance to see uh, you know, a higher level of competition, and yet when you watch his college tape, there's a number of games um, you know, against pretty good opponents. So, but I think that it was all part of the process. It was, it was one piece of the you know, evaluation. What was on the game, the big game? Well, I mean, look, this is a school, you know, it seems like in the last seven or eight years, there's been four or five programs that all of a sudden you're like, man, they're playing Houston, they're playing Baylor, they're playing um, UTEP. And the point is that we'll look at some film and we'll really look at some small schools. Um, but I think it's, it's a program that has made a commitment uh, to a, a high level of competition. And, and well, the one thing that stands out is you see his effort and, and down in, down out, how he plays, that, that's pretty impressive. Um, there'll be some things we'll have to work with him on, like any rookie, any young player. Um, and we look forward to doing that. Sean, what kind of compensation did you have Frank Wilson and Pardon? Frank Wilson Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, the staff was very helpful in the evaluation. We lean on the college coaches. They were tremendous, They're really helpful. Um, Again, the exposure to the Senior Bowl combine. Um, you know, he's, 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 he's a real, you guys all have a chance to meet him. A real sharp guy and, and I think driven uh, and, and focused and, and will be anxious to, to get started. And, uh, and I think his teammates here will, will see those traits. How much is this to maybe take some heat off of Cam Jordan? And how much of this is just to improve the overall pass rush? A little bit of both yeah, I'm not interested in taking any heat off Cam. I'm interested in getting other players like Cam. So you, have, you know, I, I think, look, one of the one of the offseason targets was, you know, a pressure player, and that might come as a guy who lines up inside. It might come from a player that lines up outside. But before we check that box, we have to feel like he can affect the quarterback. And you know, our leagues, there's. There's a premium on a few different positions. One of them is, is that. One of them is at corner. We saw the quarterbacks and the, and the tackles. You know, we can't find those guys when the season's over with and we start free agency. You know, the, the, they're generally players you have to draft.
Good stuff there from Sean Payton, uh, breaking down his first-round draft pick, Marcus Davenport. You look at this kid coming out of high school. He was six foot five, 190 pounds. He got uh, recruited by UTSA, UTEP, UNLV, New Mexico. He ends up at uh, with the Roadrunners, and you just look at his progression. Saw a few, saw some action in 11 games as a freshman by a sophomore. He was honorable mention all conference by a junior in Conference USA. He was second team as he played in uh, 13 games, 12 starts. And then, of course, by his senior year, he was a Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year, first team all conference selection. You look at the numbers that he posted uh, 55 tackles, set a school record with 17 and a half tackles for loss. Eight and a half sacks and eight quarterbacks his senior year with UTSA. Uh, Sean Payton mentioned there, of course, the role that uh, Frank Wilson played, the former LSU assistant coach, had in this. Now, of course, the coach at UTSA. He was an assistant at Ole Miss. Why is that important? When he was on that staff, the Saints defensive line coach was Ryan Nelson. So they worked together. So you think there was a lot of communication between Wilson and Nelson in terms of what kind of player Davenport is, and is he worth rolling the dice with the 14th overall pick? So does this make the Saints one step closer to drafting an LSU player since they went with a Frank Wilson player? That's my question. Maybe a little bit of a stretch. but AJ has another question. He says, have the Saints ultimately decided on a free agent quarterback to replace Breeze? No quarterback early this year, no first round next year. Hmm. I don't think they're really thinking about it right now. Hmm. Doesn't seem like they're thinking about it right now. Um, but they could have a plan. Maybe how far do you think Mason Rudolph falls? Yeah. Not that far, probably. Or maybe they uh, package a couple more of those uh, picks that they have now. They're down to what six remaining, I believe. Considering yes. they started yep. with eight and they gave up, you know, this Fifth first rounder, and, first. and then the first, so they'll have six. Maybe they package some of those together and they move up from that third round, which they're slated to pick at in this draft. Yeah, maybe so. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. We just have to wait and see how this this draft plays out, and then we can start kind of speculating about their plans. Before we move on from the Saints, a cool little story uh, playing out in Ruskin. Yeah, so uh, Centoria Black uh, posted this on uh, Facebook. And so this Ruskin High School senior, Jackson Borsma, he got on Twitter, and he made a deal with his history teacher, Chad Reader, said uh he tagged drew Brees. he said please come in the clutch for us if you retweet this then we'll be exempt from our final mm. drew Brees retweeted it said exemption granted have fun <laughs> really cool uh, i think jackson borsma is the outstanding swimmer from ruston too that's heading to tcu i believe so there you go uh pell's tickets for the warriors in game four still up for grabs we're going to have that announcement coming up in the last five minutes of the show your opportunity to continue to get in. All you have to do is text your name, the word Pelicans, and of course uh, include your phone number, and you will be eligible to win tickets for game four between the Warriors and the Pelicans down in the Big Easy. 888-993-7762. Coming up next, we're fired up. It's going to be a big weekend for a number of our area, former area high school stars, including John Diars, the former Neville standout, will join us next on the Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fine job, as always, back at the uh, Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. Jake, uh, this is really when the the draft becomes fun for me. An opportunity, of course, uh, a number of uh, area kids with an opportunity 
get that phone call and really changes their lives and an opportunity to kind of live out their NFL dreams. One of those being uh, former Neville standout John DRC has certainly been one of our favorites through the years. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. John, how are you doing this morning, bud? Hey, man, good morning, guys. Good morning, guys. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. All right, bud. As this thing's playing out, and, of course, uh, now the NFL draft is here. I'm sure you watched last night in the first round. What does this weekend mean to you for hopefully an opportunity to pursue your NFL dreams? Um, it, it obviously means a lot, man, to uh, to be a part of this process and to uh, get to be in a position uh, that you've always dreamed about, you know, even going back, you know, playing flag football when I was like four years old. Uh, you always dream to be one of those guys that would play on TV on Sundays in the NFL. And to see that it's uh, literally days away uh, from being on a team, it's, it's just uh, surreal right now. And uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm just excited to, to be a part of the process and thankful to God for him to bring me this far, man. Since your career wrapped up at TCU, how have you been preparing for this weekend in terms of training and uh, what you've been doing to get uh, turn a couple heads and also make sure that you are ready for the next level? Uh, well, I, I went and uh, trained at uh, Michael Johnson Performance out in uh, Dallas, Texas. And uh, those guys over there did a really, really good job of teaching us uh, just the, the dynamics of, of how to gain uh, the eyes of, of scouts uh, on pro day uh, with, our, with our speed, with our change of directions, with our strength. Uh, and, and things and different drills that we did. And I can't thank those guys enough for uh, just preparing me for, for the moment. And then, you know, just just talking, going back a little bit on pro day, I mean, it's just about going out and performing, just like you would do on a Friday night, a Saturday night, and even a Sunday night now, um, and just doing what you do best and giving it all you got. And um, since then, you know, I've just been training on my own, uh, just kind of, you know, preparing myself trying to get myself back into a football mode and not too much of a combined training mode. Uh, I am back at home. I'm a trainer with Dudley Cohen over there at, uh, at, at his at his place. And um, just, like I said, just trying to make sure I stay in shape and make sure I go into camp feeling ready. You mentioned uh, Michael Johnson, Olympic hero. Uh, what was that like and how much did he, was he able to fine-tune, of course, your running style? He, uh, man, it was awesome because um, you, you always hear about great legends like that and it's not often that you get to meet them. Uh, but not only did we meet him, he actually coached us um, a couple of days a week on how to uh, perfect, you know, what we've been taught. And, I mean, I mean, there's, there's not much you can say about a 13-time Olympian, man, who, who's done it at the highest level, as excellent as he did. And uh, just, like I said, doing the drills the right way and, you know, trying to perform at our best, you know, and, and really taking on the, the tips and advices that he was given uh, throughout the, the training. John, you've never been considered a, a speed burner. That was one of the knocks against you. How were you able to improve your 40 time? Uh, again, man, just, just getting with Michael Johnson and all those guys over there, uh, B.A. and and uh, and B. And, and just, just getting with those guys and, and really, really focusing on, other small uh, tidbits uh, about running, um, and I mean, obviously, any anybody could get up and run, but the 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 way to run uh, in a sprinter style is it, very very detailed. And uh, I took it upon myself every day to 
really, really harness in and, and focus in on those small details and make sure that I hit them to perfection. And uh, I, I turned to Miles at Pro Day. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people didn't expect me to run as fast as I did. Um, obviously, I'm not, you know, satisfied with the time, but anytime you get, you know, exceed expectations like that, I mean, I mean, it's it, it, it's still a win. So again, man, I, I really, really just focused in and, and harnessed in on the small details that Michael Johnson and the crew uh, were giving me. Former Neville standout John Diaz joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. John, uh, it's really been an incredible run. You leave Neville, you go down to LSU, then you transfer to TCU. A lot of people do not realize what you accomplished academically at LSU as you move your way over to TCU and now you have your masters correct yeah yeah I got my masters now man uh for that to happen yeah. academically it's not often where a guy you know uses his four years of eligibility and also is able to get his masters in the process uh it's got to be a little bit of humbling and also a lot of work that you put in to make that happen oh absolutely man it, it's uh it, it, it was a uh, it was a challenge, man. It was a challenge. Uh, had no idea that it would come to this, uh, get to that point. But again, man, I, I'm thankful for the process. I'm thankful for uh, the the staff and 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 the, and the community and the school over in Baton Rouge, man, and allowing me to to do you know what I did and accomplish what I did. And and I'm also thankful for TCU and their community and staff and people for you know just encouraging me to go ahead and you know get my master's man a lot of people don't know that only seven percent of the people in, in the united states have their masters and so i'm, I'm proud to be a part of that seven percent man and like i said i i didn't have any clue that it would uh, actually you know go that far but i mean i'm thankful that it did and john you're using that master's degree and i know that you dropped a new clothing line how did this come about and have you always been involved in fashion <laughs> Uh man, I always I always been involved in looking good, man. I mean, hey, you gotta you gotta look good in this sport, man. But uh, uh just just being able to uh, use the things that I learned, uh, not only in my undergrad but also with my masters, uh, about how to communicate with people and try to understand um, the uh, the economy uh, around us and try to understand uh, how you can make a mark in society. And uh, that's that's kind of what I'm doing with uh, well that's what I'm doing with this brand. Um, I always had an idea to to uh, kind of start a brand and you know get get something off the field that represents me more uh, than I than what I do on the field. And uh, again, man, I believe that this brand will 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 over time show people um, how to accomplish some of the things that I've did and uh, how to develop a mentality and a and a perspective. That'll that'll increase you know the desires in their lives and allow them to accomplish some of the same goals that I have or accomplish the goals that they have. So uh, I believe this brand is really really gonna really gonna change society in the way that we think and the way that we do things. All right, John, tell me a little bit about the brand. Is it athletic wear? Is it dress wear? Uh, what is the brand? Uh, the brand is uh, it's called YFF Clothing. Um, the motto is to uh, be young, stay fresh, and live free. And uh, that that simply means the be young part simply means to just stay young and, and active in pursuit of your dreams and goals, man. Because you can never get too old, or too or you're never too young to go after you know the desires of your heart. Uh, the stay fresh part is is just a, a reminder to you know stay fresh mentally, stay fresh physically, stay fresh um, spiritually, emotionally. Uh, because if you're in the right state of mind and that and you and you 
believe that, you know, you had a really, really healthy place in your life. I mean, going after those goals and pursuing those goals, it would be a lot more easier compared to, you know, not being in the right state of mind. And the little free part is just, you know, just a just a suggestion and and some advice to just live as free as you are, you know, be who you are and embrace who you are and embrace your differences and, and also, you know, encourage others to embrace their differences and, and live by them because that's who we are, that's what we made up made up of. So um but again man, like I said, this this brand is, is gonna gonna cover a, a raw a broad range of clothing. Uh right now we we're kinda focusing more on the casual wear and the athletic wear. Uh the athletic wear is, is really about to uh be released here in a couple of weeks. And over time we'll we'll graduate and get into the more formal wear where we we, we drop in blazers and ties and, and button ups and, and dresses for the ladies. So I mean it's it's gonna cover a a, a broad range of clothing man. Speaking of being fresh, I know you always dreamed about being an LSU Tiger, but you needed a fresh start. Take us back a few years when the decision was made that you need to leave LSU and why TCU was the best place for you. Uh, again, man, I uh, I came to a place uh, mentally when I was at LSU that I felt as if uh, I wasn't necessarily growing and that you know I kind of became stagnant. and uh, I knew that I could be a better person. I knew I could you know, expose my athletic abilities a lot more uh, than I than I were, were able to at LSU. And I uh, brought it to my parents, and we talked about it as a family. And uh, we, we decided that, you know, it would be best to, to, to change things, get, get a fresh start, you know, get out of Louisiana for once, and uh, just go see see what can happen. And uh, that's when I, I, I took it upon myself to take extra classes and courses and make sure that I graduate uh, in, in the time span that I needed to. And uh, I was able to get in contact with a coach who who knew, or who knows uh, Coach Patterson very well, <clears throat> and he was able to set up a meeting, set up a conference call, and you know me and Coach Patterson had a, a really really good talk uh, about you know my plans for myself and what what I felt I could do for the program, and uh, he reassured me that you know that was needed in the program, and uh, we we made things happen, and uh, as you can see, the rest is history. Man. How would you describe this different styles between Gary Patterson and Les Miles? Uh, I'll probably say night and day, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'll say night and day. Uh, coach Miles is, is more of a uh, laid-back coach who uh, just kind of takes things on as they come. And, uh, you know, he's, he's like I said, just laid-back, man. You know, doesn't doesn't necessarily raise his voice, but, you know, he's he's a man that, 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 um, that tries to uh, – Really, really help guys kind of see down the road. Uh, and Coach Patterson, like I said, is day and night. Is uh, Coach Patterson demands discipline. He demands uh, self-respect for for one another, and he demands that you know the program represents itself in a way that stands out from any other program in the country. And um, I mean, it really, really sticks out the way that he goes about coaching and you know being active and making sure the guys are you know pushing themselves to the limit. Uh, because you know guys would easily you know kind of fall short of their their potential and uh i can say that coach patterson does a really really good job of taking you to the limit and really seeing that or really showing you that you have more to think than you know so i got an idea john to get your clothing line really out there you should just lean on a couple of your former uh, teammates Jarvis lander odell beckham to wear some <laughs> I, I know you've been asked this question numerous times yeah. from people and also teammates Back in the day, when you saw those two, what was it like to be teammates of them, 
And did you ever think that they'd blow up the way they have? Uh, man, uh, I tell people all the time, what they see on TV is what I saw every day. Uh, and, and it was, and it was a blast, man, to, to, to see that firsthand. Uh, cause again, when you're in high school, you only see so much and, you know, you only see, you only see what's around you. Once you get into college, you see guys from all different parts of the state, all different parts of the United States. And to be able to see those guys, you know, embrace the game that they, they did and compete against each other and challenge each other was just amazing, man. I mean, in practice, they would really go, um, toe for toe to see who had the most one hand catches or, you know, whose catches were better. Um, and they would also, you know, push me and the other guys to be better and, and challenge us to do some of the same things they were doing. Uh, I hardly tell people this, but I mean, it, it was a couple of times where me and Jarvis would get so, uh, annoyed with, with each other, uh, that we would almost fight, man. We really almost, you know, battle each other, uh, fist to fist, but that was just, you know, him showing that tough love. And I didn't understand it at the time because I was young, but, you know, once he went on to the NFL and really established himself, you know, we, we still talk to this day, man. We, we talk very, very often. And he's, he's always reminded me that, hey, man, like, you know, I, I believe in you. I, I believe that you have the ability to do uh, some of the things, same, some, some of the same things that I, that I do. And uh, you have the potential to really go off and, and be legendary in what you do. And, you know, it was just me showing tough love when, you know, we were getting to it back in the day. But, again, man, I, I thank those guys for just, you know, showing me that, there's more to the game than just, you know, just going out and playing. You know, there's really more, you know, details and more tips and advice. more ways that you can really go about impacting the game. John, one final thing is we will certainly be rooting for you this weekend. Uh, you've had a lot of support here from fans in Northeast Louisiana, from Neville to LSU to TCU. Anything you'd like to tell listeners out there that have followed you in your career through the years? Uh, for, for everybody that's been following me, man, I, I thank you for, for – uh, just, just being there on the ride, man. I love you guys. And, um, like I said, I'm excited to see this new journey uh, takes me. I hope you guys continue to follow me um, and, and just embrace me and, and pray for me uh, as I as I go on to this next journey. But again, man, it's been a ride. Um, I, I I love being back home, man, and just seeing you know old faces and seeing some of the same people from high school, man, and just enjoying and embracing the love that they give. So thank you guys for everything. Um, but, you know, it, we're just getting started, so stay tuned. Thank you, John D'Arce. You're certainly one of our favorites. Thanks, bud. Good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you. John D'Arce, former Neville standout in uh, LSU and TCU uh, this past year for the Horn uh, Horny Toads. He uh, led them in receiving yards, 35 receptions, three touchdowns, and, of course, uh, his junior year, uh, the two touchdown receptions in a bowl game. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool stuff about Michael Johnson because I thought the speed thing was a big um, point of emphasis heading into this draft and the fact that he did run a – was a 4.52, I believe. I mean, that's that's really good for a man his size. Yeah, and it's not like we saw him get uh, caught or run down that many times on the football field. No, no, no. And when he did have his opportunities for LSU, he did perform. He had some big performances. He did. The Wisconsin game, I keep going back to, that catch and the way he broke away from that defender, amazing. Man, outstanding stuff there from uh, John Deere. So let's take a timeout. Coming up next, our parting shots, our conversation with Joey Trappé, plus those tickets that were given away for the Pelicans and the Warriors, your last chance to get signed up or get a a chance to win those. All you got to do, your name, where you're from, phone number to 888-993-7762 and include the word Pelicans. We're back after this. Jake, maybe people are on board with the pills. 
tried to, I tried to tell you for what? Months? Well, I tried to tell you when you talk about some Pelicans. Or maybe it's just uh, playoff basketball, an opportunity to go and watch Steph Curry. Or maybe. Oh, Steph, stop. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Steph, nah, he'll play. Or at least Anthony Davis. And then by game, by game four, four, absolutely he'll play. Look into that crystal ball. By game four, what's the series going to be? 2-1. Oh. Their backs against the I don't the want wall. to say who. 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go out on a limb, Jay. <laughs> uh, look, I... I think the, I'll say two one Warriors. Uh, I'll be realistic, but uh, yeah, it won't be three zero. Uh, one more opportunity for you to uh, get in eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two for those tickets, Jake. Your family not eligible to enter, but Joey Trappe's family certainly is. He joins us for our weekly visit on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Joey, what's going on, bud? What's going on, guys? Big night last night. I was going to ask, is the, the field house still standing? Because I know you had a raucous crowd, and whenever Puff Daddy makes an appearance there, oh, brother. Uh, how was the night? How was the draft at the field house? Man, it was great. It was. Uh, we had Marsala Beverage in the house uh, sampling out some beers, and we had big uh, beer towers on special. So it was a fun atmosphere for sure, and that draft has a few little quirks and turns, uh, you know, there. So it was, it was a, a highly – Whenever you watch a sporting event or perhaps the NFL draft, it's always cool to kind of feed off people's reactions. So when the announcement came that the Saints had moved up in the draft and then they picked the defensive end from UTSA, what was the uh, common response from the people there at the fieldhouse? Well, I think that the common response was that we gave up a lot to move up and get a not a high-caliber name, I guess is a good way to put it. Um but it's definitely a need, you know, we need it. Uh, I think on defense and up front, um, you know, I love the fact that this kid is six foot six. He was a, a basketball player, a track star. Um, you know, he seems like a freak. Uh, you know, he did play in the Conference USA. Um, so you, got, you, you do kind of question, you know, to what degree of talent was he exposed to. Um, and, and that's not a knock on Conference USA or any mid-major. It's just uh, I think when you move up in the draft that much and give up that that much to move up those few spots, you put a lot of pressure on this kid. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a, a boomer. And um, I think uh, we filled, we filled a, a void, and, and we definitely, you know, getting Cam some, some help on the other side of that defensive line. But uh, – this cat's going to be expected to perform. Uh, of course, uh, the beauty of it, two more days of the draft. I know you got a lot of things planned at the field house there. What's going on there, and then what's taking place at uh, Traps, Portico, and Crawfish City? Yeah, Crawfish City, man. The Crawfish are looking good. They're down to 349 a pound there. Um, you know, Portico and Traps is going to be a great uh, patio type of weather this weekend. And uh, field house, the NBA playoffs, and, you know, you got draft still rolling uh, today and tomorrow, and, and it's just going to be a, a fun uh, weekend. Uh, we just, you know, be out and about looking for a place to grab some good food and cold drinks. Um, I think you got four good choices with the restaurants you just mentioned. Joey, finally, uh, you were part of the, the evening with Doug Peterson, and of course, the big kickoff for the football season. 
What do you make of uh, Doug Peterson's speech and his message? And then second of all, the brand and motto that they unveiled. Yeah, I think it was great to see Doug. I think he's a great ambassador for the university. I think he did a great job. I think we had a good turnout. Um, you know, anytime you get a, a Super Bowl winning coach to come into your backyard, it's always pretty special. Uh, you know, the new logo that they, they unveiled, I, I like it. I think it's a great uh, bridge, you know, between the older NLU graduates and ULM. I, I think we did a great job of trying to bridge that gap. Uh, I got a lot of NLU grads that are still hanging on that. Um, you know, that's kind of an excuse not to support uh, the university. And I think, um, you know, maybe, you know, coming up with a more um, dynamic logo that kind of, keeps them involved uh, with that, you know, that L. I think that was an important part of it is just, um, you know, we got to find a way to, to all come together and, and take the university forward. And if it's the logo that does that, well, then I'm all in. As always, appreciate the time, Joey. We'll see you this weekend. Appreciate you. Uh, you got a lot to pack in here, so we're just going to skip over the bumper. I know you got a lot of different things you wanted to address on the parting shot. Yeah, short on time. One last thing I want to say about Davenport is the, the the only thing about this is my fear initially was that that maybe that you know Ireland and Peyton weren't fully in love with this guy that they were just addressing a need. I hope that's not the case. I hope it was the case that they love this guy so much that they. They, they had a vision, and this guy met every single standard in that vision, and they can see him coming in and meeting that need, not just a, not something to where you have this need and you take a re, you, you reach on a guy that you think is, is best available, if that makes sense. Um, another thing, I got a couple little tidbits. Um, I like to look back at the, at the draft picks and see what they were uh, coming out of high school wow. as far as stars go. Um, you only had one five-star guy in the top ten. Really? Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. You had three three-star guys, Baker Mayfield being one of them, mm-hmm. at number one overall. Uh, Bradley Chubb, which is a bit of a surprise, at number five with the Broncos. And then Josh Allen at number seven with the Bills. And lastly, if you're looking at numbers, um, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill is statistically the best quarterback the Big 12 has ever produced. This was kind of a big talking point because a lot of people have talked about how the Big 12, even though their offenses have soared in college, those quarterbacks have not really equated to much in the NFL. And so if you're looking at the best quarterbacks coming out of the Big 12 that have had an impact at the next level, I would say Tannehill and Vince Young, and that's saying something. Mm. So I think that's another reason why people were uh, kind of shaking their head at Baker. Uh, this was a fun show. Just flew on by. We will be back Monday to break everything down for you, including a big weekend in college baseball and, of course, uh, what's taking place on the diamond in the high school ranks with the girls going after state championships and the boys trying to advance past the second round. Certainly appreciated that uh, conversation with John DeArce. Uh, some good stuff there. we got to clear the way because Kevo and Puff Daddy are coming up next on The Edge. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. We'll yell at you bright and early Monday morning. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.